Welcome back to Observing the Sabbath. I am Nathaniel Molnar, and we are kicking off our look into uh, the music and all the albums, the original studio albums, plus 13, of Black Sabbath. Uh, and we are kicking off with their 1970 album, Black Sabbath. How we're going to do this is I'm going to go through each song of each album, and I'm going to listen to them and then give you my thoughts. Remember, this is not a reaction video or commentary in that I'm hearing this for the first time. There's a lot of videos on YouTube of people listening to this stuff for the first time. And there's a lot of merit in that. And I love watching those videos. This is someone who has already heard this many times before, giving their insight and giving their thoughts on it. So without any further ado, uh, I'm going to listen to Black Sabbath by Black Sabbath on the album Black Sabbath. Let's take a listen. All right. I've always loved the the rain and the the bells. It gives it such like a, this ominous feeling as you start in. Because this album really started off as like wanting to go for a horror feel because it was based upon this um the name of the album, the name of the song, the name of the band was based upon this movie uh called Black Sabbath that was playing at the theater across from where they were recording. And they saw that all these people were going out for a horror movie that was, like, I believe seven years old. Uh, and they said, well, if people are going out to see a movie, a horror movie like that, that's already uh, seven years old, we might as well try to make some horror music that will get people to come out. This riff is, like, one of the best Black Sabbath riffs. It's one of the most simple riffs, but it's just so good. I love how slow and methodical this song is. Like, you really ease into it. And if you're listening to Black Sabbath for the first time, this is a really good one to ease you into their music, because it is such a slower song. And Ozzy's voice works so well for this kind of song. They don't really do too much horror music the same way that this song is a horror song. Uh, they don't do as much with the rest of their music because Black Sabbath is all about evolution and change and growth. And so, of course, they're changing and growing over the years. Um, and so they don't really go back to what their roots were, at least with this first song. But at least we have this first song. And the rest of the album is so different from what this first song is, but it's just so great to at least have this song. I love the Oh No. <laughs> oh, the song has so much power in a way that I don't think many of their other songs... I mean, I think some of their songs are very powerful and they're, they have a lot of energy to them, but this song is just so dominant and powerful and strong and it like demands your attention in a way that not a lot of their other songs do.
I love the drumming. Like, this part especially, the sparse drumming, it's like, doo 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 doo. It's so good. Now this song was inspired by um, a sleep paralysis nightmare that Geezer Butler, the, the bassist, had. Uh, and he wrote a lot of the lyrics for many of uh, the songs for the band. And it's a really interesting uh, basis for the song. It has such strong imagery. And that's something you can really break down when looking at the songs of Black Sabbath. Uh, they have songs that are about describing things and about invoking strong imagery. They have songs that are more about telling a story. Uh, they have a wide variety in terms of the types of songs and what they're trying to communicate in the narratives. This is probably one of their strongest in terms of trying to invoke imagery. And of course, this song is so key for developing the nature and the identity of the perception uh, that people had of this band, of it being more satanic, of it being darker and evil, because this and NIB and some of their other songs off their first album really reinforce that perception that people had. The song is all about the methodical build. It's building, it's building. It has its louder parts, it has its quieter parts, but it's building. Then we get to this part, where it picks up. I love this part. I love that it's just boom, 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 boom. Invoking the imagery, the destruction, the madness. You really feel like it's just the end of the world. And if you thought that Tony Iommi was just a simple uh, guitarist because of how simple the riffs were in the beginning, this part you really see what he's made of. Which I don't know why anyone would think he's a simple guitarist, he's one of the greatest guitarists of all time. But people listening for the first time <laughs> maybe didn't know that yet. Hmm. Moment silence to appreciate this. I love this sending. Is it over? No, it's not. It's so good. All right. So, I love that song. It's, I don't know if it's quite, it would definitely be in the top 10. Uh, and maybe down the line, I'll do an actual ranking of my top 10 favorite Black Sabbath songs. But um, this would definitely be in the top 10. I don't know about top five, but it is just such a strong, clear opening to them as an entire concept of a band. Like, what they're going for and like i was talking about 
they as a band are all about evolution and growth and development and change within from everything within within the songs within the riffs to the albums to their entire career everything is in a constant state of flux and change and growth and it's really interesting to see this being the world's first introduction in 1970 uh, to Black Sabbath. This is what everybody saw, and this was their first introduction to this band. And then to see where they end up and where they go from here, and how even within this first album, they don't really go back to the horror of what this song invokes. Uh, you have it, it, it builds upon different aspects and goes in different areas. So I and that's something as we go through these albums, that's something I will talk a lot about is the growth and evolution because I think that's one of the best things about Black Sabbath as a band. So yeah, I love this song. I think it's one of their best. Like I said, it'd probably be in the top 10. Um, so my question is to you. What do you think of this song? Uh, what do you see in it? What, what do you take away from this song? Um, I, I love the lyrics. I love the build-up to uh, this sort of demonic force, and you're setting an image. You're painting a canvas, as some of their songs do. Uh, what do you think about this song? Leave all your thoughts in the comment section below. And this is our continuation of the 1970 album Black Sabbath by Black Sabbath, of course. We are continuing through the album, and we're going to be listening now to The Wizard. Uh, so without further ado, let's get right into it with The Wizard. Oh, I love the harmonica. And the harmonica comes back in uh, with their last album, their last studio album in 1978, Never Say Die. But what I love, I just... Especially if you're listening to this as a record, as a whole, when you have the first Black Sabbath song, it's the horror and it's evoking that imagery, and then you go right into this harmonica, it, 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 it's such an interesting contrast. And that is something that they do really well with their songs, is having distinct contrasts uh, within each song, not necessarily just one song right after the other, but within the same song, you can have stark contrasts between parts of songs and tempos and change and everything. It's one of the things they do really interesting. You have the harmonica, like, going with the same riff as the guitar. Now they have a, some songs where they just go full fantasy, which is really interesting um, because, you know, a lot of their songs, you know, you have like Paranoid as an album, it's a lot more political, it's more about the realist of what's going on, um, especially with War Pigs and Hand of Doom. Uh, you have other albums and songs that are more about uh, kind of painting the reality of life and hardship and what's going on, like Killing Yourself to Live. But then you have songs like this, or Symptom of the Universe, or other songs that are just sort of more pure fantasy, uh, just kind of like delving off into something so unique and so different. It's just really interesting to see that. Oh, the riff is just so good.
Ozzy's voice is really good here. Like, sometimes with his voice, he's just following the riff, which I think for a lot of songs works really well. But with this, it has sort of its own cadence to it. Like, he's following his own beat, which works really well with the main riffs, but it's not exactly just following the riff. I just loved, like, this song, I wouldn't like it as much as they did it with, like, every single song or if it was, like, a staple point of the entire band, but the idea of having the harmonica and just how well it works with the, um, the guitar is just so good. Like, again, I wouldn't want it for every single song, but for the every once in a while, and especially with this song, because you are delving into more of the fantastical with the lyrics, it kind of gives it that extra quality, that extra edge. Uh, that makes it stand out and it's rather unique. And it works so well with the, with the main guitar riff as well. See, there's a lot of Black Sabbath songs where some of the songs, there's like maybe four or five different riffs that it's kind of, or parts of the song where it's kind of changing throughout. Uh, and then there are some where it's like one thing that it's kind of sticking on, and it's maybe two different riffs that's going back and forth between. This is one of those. Um, that's the end of the song. This is one of those where it kind of has the main riff, and then it has another part, and then a, uh, a quieter part. And it's like these three different parts that it's kind of switching between. Whereas some of their other songs are more like it's five or six or seven different parts that it's switching between. And I think you'll see with St. Vitus's Dance on Volume 4, that's one where it's sort of, it's the one riff that they're kind of going through the entire time. And while some might see that as rather simplistic... I think if the riff is strong enough and the song is short enough, it works really well. So, uh, The Wizard, I think, is a great song. I really like this one. Question is, guys, what do you think? Are you a fan of The Wizard? Do you like the song? What are your thoughts on the song itself? Leave your thoughts in the comment section below. Now we're continuing on our way, and right now we're going to be listening to Wasp slash Behind the Wall of Sleep. So without any further ado, let's listen to Wasp slash behind the wall of sleep. Classic Tony right here. that's something I really like about this album in general is that it has a very strong blues influence and while that's apparent through the rest of their music I think it's most apparent here on their first album I love that riff 
And you can also get a real sense through this whole album that they recorded this, this and Paranoid were both recorded in a matter of a couple of days. Um, I believe it was they had two days in the studio for this album. They had one day where they recorded it, and then the second day they mixed it. And what's, well, first of all, it's incredible to me that the album is as good as it is, that it holds up, that it stands out as much as it does, and that it it feels so precise uh, and well-crafted for it being done in such an abbreviated amount of time. But one of the things that really shines through, still with Paranoid, but especially with this album, uh, Black Sabbath, is that it has that feeling of this is a live set that they're doing, because that's essentially how they recorded it. They, This whole album was their live set, they just went into the studio and they recorded it, uh, what they were doing at their shows. And it has that sort of visceral nature, and it you can tell just from listening to it, especially the Tony's riffs, and just how long the guitar solos go on, and, and it's not so much about which we'll talk about as we go further into their songs, it's not so much about crafting songs to be big charted uh, stuff on the radio. It's not about um, trying to bring in tons of people with, here's our new hit single by Black Sabbath. It's not about that. It's more just sort of the elongated experience of that you would get from watching a show. And that's something I've always really appreciated about this album, is that you just have that all the way through. It just feels like you're watching a show, one of their live shows. Um, and just from the way that the songs are constructed to just kind of the freeform nature of uh, the guitar, uh, it just it has that essence to it. And I've always really appreciated that. I love the offset when they mix it, the offset of the two tracks by Ozzy. One's like slightly off from the other, giving it that sort of echo effect. Good drums. You fight it out with the drums. Now, the one that I'm listening to right now... Um, it has it goes right into basically which goes right into nib i'm gonna break it up because it's like all together it's like nine something minutes so i figure i'm gonna do wasp slash behind the wall sleep as one video and then i'm gonna do basically and nib as its own video so um yeah so that was behind the wall of sleep uh really interesting song i just like i was saying as the song was going on I really like the free-flowing nature of the guitar, and I've talked about this before with the other songs, but Black Sabbath as a band, they're all about growth and change and evolution, like everything's building upon each other. There's also another distinct quality to them, and it's kind of hard to verbalize exactly what I mean by this, but there's this feeling of travel and moving um, it's, it's really hard to kind of latch onto what about it, but it feels like you're just kind of going forward and, and moving. There's a sense of exploration 
And especially when you get into, with this song, with many of their other songs, where you have sort of the long-form guitar, and it's a lot more instrumental-heavy, it, it just feels like you're just kind of floating or, or moving forward. It's really hard to pin down. And for anyone listening who kind of has a sense of what I'm talking about, if you can put in the better words, please put in the comment section. Because I don't... I It's just this feeling of travel and I don't know how else to put it but uh it's just it's so good and it's just this song this song is really indicative of what this album is which is I feel the band sort of kind of figuring out their strengths and how they work together as a unit I think with later albums the band knows what their strengths are, and how they work together, when to let Tony take up his part, when to let Geezer take up his part, when to let Ozzy to shine, or when to let Bill to shine. They figure that out in later albums so that they can kind of construct the album in a way, and each song in a way, where they know who to refer to, who to defer to, uh, and who is best served out of the four of them, in that particular part of that song on that album. Uh, and in this album, I really feel like it's them figuring that out and seeing how it all comes together and kind of uh, figuring out what their strengths are and how they work together and how their different unique talents and their unique sounds flow together. Uh, and I think part of that is we see once we get to Paranoid a shift in Ozzy's voice and I think that part of that is in this album he's kind of figuring out what kind of notes he can hit what range he has uh, and then he kind of evolves a little bit more in the other albums so this was Wasp slash Behind the Wall Sleep great song I really enjoy it it's just one of those great sort of uh flowing middle parts of this album uh it, it's not a song behind the wall of sleep is not a song i feel like a lot of really big sabbath fans know it but it's not one that's talked about in the top 10 or 15 it, it's it's not gonna be one. It, it's not on the same part as black sabbath i don't think it's not on the same part as super not or uh killing yourself to live it's not on like the top top tier of Sabbath, but it's just one of those when you listen to it, you're like, this is really good. It's got good rhythm. It's got good feel, uh, even though it wouldn't necessarily be one that everybody's talking about. So anyways, that's my thoughts on Behind the Wall Sleep. Question is, what do you think? I really want to know uh, in the comments. Let me know. Uh, first of all, if you can put into better words than I did my feeling about the, the sense of travel and moving forward uh, with a lot of the freeform guitar put that in the comments, but also just let me know what are your thoughts on the song in general, on the album in general. Now we are continuing on with Basically and N.I.B. So yeah, so let's get right into it. So this is Basically slash N.I.B. This is where Geezer shines the most on this whole album. I love it. You know, and he's great in the songs, but I mean, 
It's not really until something like this that you really get to hear Geezer really doing his thing. Bass is one of those more invisible parts of a band where... It, and I don't come from a huge musical background. Uh, I'm not super musically well-versed. I just enjoy listening to music. So what I might say might sound incredibly ignorant, forgive me, but I've always kind of thought that bassists, when, when there's a bass in a band, it's one of those things where you don't really notice it super overtly when band is playing, but when it's gone, you can you know immediately when it's gone. And it's one of the more invisible parts of a band, and I think it can be very easy for people to overlook bassists, because, you know, the, the vocalist is right there in front of you, the guitarist you hear distinctly, the drums you hear distinctly, but the bass kind of fades into adding the overall atmosphere of the band. Uh, and so basses can be rather overlooked, but when they're gone, you notice it. And so it's always great to have a little bit like that where you can really appreciate on its own what a bassist can do. This is a great song. So what's really interesting is that you have two stories of love on this album. Uh, and I, I'm gonna be honest, I am not a huge fan of songs that are just about love and all that stuff. There's so many out there. Uh, but it's interesting because this one is first. And of course as we get into the song we realize that it is Lucifer trying to seduce a person. Um, and then later in the album we get to Warning, which is a story about love but it doesn't have that sort of supernatural twist to it so it's interesting that this one comes first and I was talking about when we were listening to uh, the first song on this album Black Sabbath I was talking about how this uh, Black Sabbath and NIB are the two songs that really reinforced on this album the idea that this is a satanic band or this is a sinister or evil band I never thought about it in those terms really myself and and maybe I have the privilege of existing 40 or so years after all this came out so I wasn't around when this was coming out for the first time and of course ideas of religion were very different then and more commonplace than they are now so uh it, it's it's interesting to look back and think of this, this album coming out where they're singing about Satan and God and and uh, the devil is coming and and Lucifer seducing people and it, it, it's interesting to think about it in the contextual history of when it came out and what people were thinking about it uh, and so when I hear about as a legacy part of Black Sabbath being the evil band or the demonic band or their Satanists or anything like that um, it, it, it's interesting because that's not really what they are, or at least what I think of them as. I think part of it is just kind of part of their larger identity, but a lot of that kind of came from this first album and stuck, because you don't really see too, too much of that. You see, like, even when you get into Paranoid and Master of Reality, there's religious ideas that come up, but it's not really as overtly demonic as it is in this album, I just find that really interesting. They kind of go away from the demonic element of it and focus more on either overtly 
religious, pro-religious, like After Forever, which I think is a little bit ironic, or just straight up atheistic when you get into like Under the Sun. But it's it's interesting to see that this is the album that really has the more demonic element of Black Sabbath. The song has such really good rhythm to it. It really does. It just it's it's really cool. I just enjoy it a lot. Tony's riffs in this are just great. Tony is just... Can we just say he's hands down the greatest guitar player of all time? Guitar player, creator of riffs, just overall guitarist, he's just the best there's ever been. In my personal opinion. It's all up for opinion. Alright, so that was basically slash N-I-B. Uh, later... It kind of uh, was dubbed that, oh, NIB stands for Nativity in Black. Black Sabbath has said that, oh, cool, if you want to say that's what it means, cool. But it's more because I forget which member of the band, but somebody, one of them had like a little bit of facial hair that they called nib. Like it was the nib on the person's uh, chin, and that's what they named it after. Go figure. But I. So, some of their song names, some of them make sense for what the songs are. Some of them don't as much. I don't put, I mean, I think I like all their song names. Uh, I just don't put too, too much stock in the importance of a name of a song. It's more what the song actually is. Uh, and that song's a great one. It's just another continuation. And I love listening to, because I mostly listen to it on Spotify. I mean, I have my record player right there, but I listen to it mostly on Spotify, and Behind the Wall Sleep goes right into Basically, which goes right into NIB. And I broke it up into two parts for to do two separate videos, because there's a lot to talk about for the whole thing, and it's like nine minutes. Uh, and I just thought it would be more interesting to break it up into two parts, but I really do like listening to the flow of it, flowing one into another and I think that's part of I was talking about before um I was talking about uh with Behind the Wall Sleep how they recorded this album in two days one day in the studio to record it the other day uh to mix it in the studio they had two studio days and so they had their live set that they did at shows and they recorded that and so when you have two songs like Behind the Wall Sleep and NIB that can just flow so easily into each other. I think that part of that is just indicative of the fact that this was constructed to be a live set that they then recorded. And so I love throughout this whole album, and I love listening to on my record player and just hearing the flow 
through, all the way through the entire uh, album and all the songs, because they all flow really well. So anyways, that's my thoughts on basically slash NIB. Question is, guys, what do you think? What are your thoughts on the song? Uh, what are your thoughts on anything that I'm, I've been saying about uh, about their music and the, the song and the album or anything? Leave your thoughts in the comment section below. And now we continue on to Wicked World. Let's listen to Wicked World. Love the drum part. Another great Tony riff. He, uh, he just pulls these out of nowhere. I don't understand how he is able to just create all these riffs. And he has like four or five per song. And he's able to do that over eight albums. Nine if you include 13. And then all the other Black Sabbath iterations in a band that he was in. It's, it's crazy to me. He just like comes out of these, like comes out with these like like nothing. <laughs> the drumming in this song is fantastic. This is really probably so I love the the drumming is really interesting in Black Sabbath because it's more sparse and it's it, and it's more random. But here it's heavier and there's more of it, and I think it's really well done. When we get into the album Paranoid, there is more of a political uh, influence on that. So you have War Pigs, you have, um, oh, I'm blanking on the uh, no, the other one. Not Hand of Doom, even though that's about, like, that has a strong message to it, but it's not necessarily political. Electric Funeral, that's more about nuclear war. So Paranoid definitely, of all their albums, is the most political or issue-centric. But this song's really the first look at that from Black Sabbath, and it's just, and it's not, it's kind of just more covering the entire world, which is <laughs> how screwed up everything is. I think we can all relate to that in some form or another. And what's really interesting, I love this, this uh, main uh, part right here. It doesn't really rhyme. It's interesting. It doesn't really rhyme very well. Uh, but that works. It just works for the song. And then it slows down here. This is a quicker song. Um, I love the breakdown here. But yeah, it, it just kind of encompasses just how shitty everything in the world is. Uh, how people are dying of diseases and, and people are lining their pockets to get rich. And there are other people just suffering working day to day trying to earn money. And it, it just... It's really interesting, and it, it's that's one of the things is that I feel like with social justice, people pinpoint certain issues, and those are the things that they're passionate about. And even with songs like um, the like on Paranoid, when you get to War Pigs or Electric Funeral, it's a certain issue that it's kind of uh, pinpointing on. And in this song, it does a really good job of saying, "Hey, there's a lot of different issues." There's a lot of different really awful things going on in the world that need to be addressed and need to be fixed. And we can focus on one or some of them, but everything is screwed up. And it's not possible for us to be able to fix everything. And then you just kind of got to live with the weight of that. And this song really does do that to a certain extent. It just kind of, on a broader sense, shows just how horrible so many different things are in the world. 
This has got such good rhythm. And then we're gonna bring it back to the original riff. And I love the bass. Ah, oh, the bass there is so good. Wicked World, um, great song. I love that song. It's a it's a short one. It's it's all of uh, well actually four minutes thirty eight seconds. Not in my head, it was more like two minutes or so. I I don't know why it feels shorter to me. Um, but oh, that that song's really good. It's a really good one, and I just like all the the lyrics and what it's about is really good. As I was talking about during the song, the riffs are all really strong and memorable. And it just, I think this is a really good uh, indication of what Black Sabbath is and them kind of firing on all cylinders. So anyways, my question is to you. What do you think of Wicked World? Do you like it as one of your favorites of the album? Is it one that you don't care as much about because you better still love it because you got to love every single song that they've ever made? Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> uh, leave me your thoughts in the comment section below. So we are going to be listening to a bit of Finger slash Sleeping Village slash Warning. So without further ado, let's get started. This is a bit of Finger slash Sleeping Village slash uh, Warning. I almost called it Behind the Wall Sleep. We did that one earlier. And... I've always thought of like a swamp when I hear this opening. I love that, like, I don't even know what instrument it is. Maybe just a regular guitar, but if it's a different instrument, I'm not exactly sure what it is. The bum bum. It reminds me of like a like a toad or something in a in a, in a swamp. You do kind of have that feeling of haziness kind of setting over the the uh, the environment. And that's something I talked about with Black Sabbath, and I've mentioned a couple of times uh, throughout this, as throughout these videos, is Black Sabbath does a really good job of setting up imagery and describing things and putting you right there, as well as taking the actual music, the the guitar and the drums, and sort of creating that atmosphere, creating that imagery, and reinforcing it with the actual instruments. It's really interesting how they're able to do that. Uh, to put you right there in what they're describing. Perfect Tony right here. Now this is something I did not know until today that Warding is actually a cover of uh, another band that came out three days earlier. I wrote it down because I knew I was going to forget it. 
the Ansley Dunbar Retaliation from 1967, I had no idea that Warning was a cover. Which, in retrospect, knowing that, makes a lot more sense, because I've always... I love the song Warning. I think it's a really great song. Uh, I've always kind of thought it was... It, it stood out. It was different from the rest. And lyrically, and this was something I've always kind of thought, but then now knowing that to cover puts it in place. Uh, lyrically, it always felt different from a lot of the rest of Black Sabbath songs. It, it doesn't feel like it's written by the same person, and of course now we know that it wasn't. But it's still a really great song, I really like it. You have the offset guitars. I love this part of the album. Just, you have it in, um, in Behind the Wall of Sleep, you have it uh, throughout part of NIB, you just, where it's just kind of just the guitars, and it's just this sort of this long stretch of instrumental. Uh, it's so good. And it does so much to add to the flow and the feel of this whole album. Now I listened to the original version of this song, and you can hear the the um, the musical similarities. But obviously, they just take it in their own direction uh, with the guitars tuned down a lot lower, as is the style of Black Sabbath and really what Tony did to create heavy metal. Uh, but yeah, so it, you definitely hear the similarities. But that's more of like a folkier version of the song where this is a lot more, well, more Black Sabbath. I mentioned with uh, N.I.B. that on this album there are two songs about love. The first one was N.I.B., which was a song about uh, Lucifer seducing a person uh, and love in that sense. And then there is this song, Warning, uh, which was about love. Now, already it's kind of set apart in that it's a cover, so it's not really like Geezer who wrote a lot of the lyrics or Tony who set the musical direction or, or wrote the music itself. So it's not really coming from them as much as it is them taking something else and kind of putting their own spin on it. But it is interesting to look at NIB and Warning and kind of compare and contrast what they are. Uh, I mentioned in NIB that I am not as big of a fan of songs that are just about love. Uh, and that's something about NIB that's really interesting is that while it has the appearance of being a love song, it's actually a step further in being Lucifer seducing somebody. And, and so it kind of has an added element to it that makes it rather unique. Uh, this song is more just a straight up song about love and a person, um, the singer, having feelings for this woman and her not reciprocating that love. Uh, and it's a good song, I, I think it's really cool and I enjoy listening to it and I really like it. But in terms of the lyrical nature of it, it is more simplistic compared to some of the other Black Sabbath songs. And again, not written by Black Sabbath, but 
I, I just think that's something interesting to look at. You have that feeling of wandering and progression with the extended guitar uh, parts. Hearing the flow of this whole album of, uh, you know, if you're listening to it like as a record, when you have the whole flow of everything with um, Behind the Wall of Sleep and uh, going into NIB and then going into this, it just has that sort of flow to it all the way through. Uh, and I just love those extended uh, guitar pieces of the entire album. And that's something you don't have as much with lat the latter albums because a lot of the other albums were written and constructed to be albums, to be commercially produced things that were released to the public. And that's not to say that they're bad in any sort of way, they're absolutely not. But there's something so distinct about this album in that it was written and crafted initially to be a live set. And so it has that feeling that they're putting on a live set there to show. Um, and so it's not so much about each song rigidly in its own place. It has more of this flow to it all the way through. And I think that's one of the strongest elements of this whole album. And you definitely get a lot of that flow in this song. And you have the illusion that it's almost the end. It's not, we're like halfway through the song. Dance, the escalation and the breakdown and the rebuilding and it, it's really like a roller coaster all the way through this whole song. It's building, it's building and then it breaks down and it's breaking down and every little element is just kind of stripped away until you get down to like the bare essence of what's playing right here. It's like tearing everything apart. Till it's like pretty much nothing, till it's a standstill. And then it comes right back in. And then it's going up, up, up. When you listen to the original version of the song, you can definitely tell they just they took it and really made it their own with this. And the blues element in this song is so evident. It's throughout this whole album, but it's really clear in this song. And that might be that there is more of a distinct blues feel to the original song that they're kind of emulating, but that's throughout this whole album because Black Sabbath was so deeply influenced by the blues, and they were originally a blues band. Uh, <laughs> uh, the Oh, I forget. It was a long name that they had like a seven-person uh, group, and then they got out some of the members, it might have been six people, uh, removed some of the members and got it down to this core, and then they kind of, uh, with the song Black Sabbath, then kind of redefined the identity of the band to be more of what we know it to be today. But they have this really strong, concrete blues influence um, in 
their songwriting and their rhythms and how the flow of everything, and you can hear it a lot in the song. some of the best of Tony just riffing. Just him kind of just going off and doing his own thing. I feel like this this whole part is really structured around Tony being able to just do his own thing. It really feels like in a live show when they kind of let each person of the band, whether it's the drummer having their solo or the guitarist having their solo, this feels like the part where they're really letting the guitarist kind of shine and have their part uh, to play in the live show, and it feels like this part of the song, or this part of the set, is crafted for that. And you have the breakdown again. Slowing things down. I love this riff. my favorite song, but just favorite parts of the entire album. It's just so good and fun to listen to. It has like a careless nature to it. It just kind of has a sense of whimsy in a way. I just love how extended it is, the whole instrumental part breaking up the verses between uh, the Ozzy sings. Break down, and then now we're back. This whole song is literally just an extended period of time, breaking down, coming to a standstill, stopping, starting right back up, building, 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 progressing, breaking down, stopping, right back to it, and just that over and over and over again, that pattern. Now they're just fucking around. <laughs> I love it. And right back into it. live. This must have such a great energy. Like, I'm just imagining them being in, like, these really small venues before they're big of, like, you know, a small tiny stage or in basements or, you know, that kind of really isolated with, like, 20, 30 people, 40 people out in the audience and they're just playing this. 
to be one of those people at the very, very early Black Sabbath uh, shows. Before this album came out, probably back when they were still called Earth. To be in, to be there and to see this and to hear these songs and it be so completely unlike anything you've ever heard in your entire life. Like, I would, I, if there's ever time travel, <laughs> if time travel ever actually comes into existence, which it most likely will not, if it ever does, that's one of the things I want to do, is I want to travel to one of those early shows and just be able to hear this. Bunch of, like, 22-year-olds, people my age, 22, to me, that's, that's one of the craziest things. Alright, that's the end of the album. Or, end of the song. End of the album. That's one of the things that's crazy to me, is that they're... So, I am 22. When the first album came out, they were all 22. They were 22 years old. They were my age. And they made this. They made this. I, to me, when I realized that they were actually 22 years old, uh, I was just... That, that was crazy to learn. Uh, it's like, what am I doing? <laughs> you know, if there are these uh, 22-year-old kids from uh, Birmingham, England, who, who put out that uh, and kick off their entire career, what am I doing? You know? So, anyways, what a great conclusion to, uh, to the album. I've really enjoyed going through this whole album, uh, and I will be posting my full album review uh, now that I've done each individual song, I'll do a separate video where I just talk about the album as a whole, because I think it is, it's their first, and it's one of their best, in my opinion. Uh, I, God, I love this album so much. Uh, and so that concludes my thoughts on A Bit of Finger slash Sleeping Village slash Warning. Question is, guys, what do you think? What were your thoughts on this song, this album? Uh, do you agree with me and my thoughts on Warning and just how much you like the breakdowns and, and the slow progression of everything, uh, or is it not as much um, a favor of yours? Did you know? Because I didn't know until I literally started looking things up real quick before I started to record this. Did you know that Warning was a, uh, was a cover? Because like I said, I didn't. Leave me your thoughts in the comment section below. Uh, and this is our final album review for 1970s Black Sabbath. On the channel, as you've hopefully been following, uh, we went through, listened to, commentated during, and reacted to all songs from the album. We did Black Sabbath, we did The Wizard, uh, we did uh, Behind the Wall Sleep, we did NIB, we did Wicked World, and then we did Warning. Uh, it's a great album. And now I just want to take some time to, to delve into the album a little bit, give my overall thoughts on the album. So as I've been mentioning as we've been going through it, one of the things that stands out most about this album is that it was originally written and constructed to be the live set for the band. They had two days in the studio, one day to record, one day to mix, and so they took their live set that they've been playing at shows and they recorded that, and you really get that feel of uh, continuity and progression and flow all the way through the whole album between all the different songs. Uh, it really feels like it was one long show, one long set that they were playing. Uh, and I feel like that's one of the strengths of this whole album. 
is that you have that like basic flow all the way through from the very beginning to the very end. It has that sort of nature to it. And I think that is one of the things, in my opinion, that works so well for it. Um, if I had to pick a favorite song from this album, I would go probably with the opening song, Black Sabbath. It has such power to it. It has an aggression to it. And it really is a song that... It, it's interesting that the song kind of defined the identity of what Black Sabbath was perceived to be and what Black Sabbath, the bands at the time, when, when they were kind of coming up with what this band was going to be, that song was the more influential song for defining what they were going to try to go for. And yet that song is radically different from... They never really go back to that song uh, for the rest of the album, or the rest of their career, rather. It really stands on its own as its own kind of song and style compared to the rest of the album and the rest of their entire career, and yet it was the song that kind of uh, solidified for them the kind of band they were going to try to be. They don't really go into horror in the same way that they did with that song for the rest of their uh, career. And it's kind of interesting to look at something like Black Sabbath, the song, and look at some of the tracks off of Never Say Die, uh, <laughs> like Air Dance, and you go, this is the same band? And that's something, when we're going through all these albums, that's something I'm going to keep hammering in. Uh, and for some people, it may be a detractor. For me, I think it is a benefit that they are always trying to change and evolve and grow and become something new. They're not stagnant. They don't try to stay the same. Uh, they're never kind of sticking in one place. And sometimes it worked really well, and sometimes it didn't work so well. But I always got to give them credit because they are always trying to do something new and to not just be the same. Um, there are so many bands that for so long just kind of did the same thing. And it got old quick, and then people just kind of looked at it as, oh, that's really sad. That's just them doing what they're always doing, uh, and they really <laughs> need to get out of that, but they're just stuck in this one place. They are like one note, and that's all they can do. For better or for worse, whether it worked or it didn't work, Black Sabbath was always trying to do something different and new and unique, and I appreciate that, and I respect that. And I think this album is one of my favorite albums for their entire career. Uh, probably by the end of this, once we have go through every single album, I'll talk a little bit more about how I would rank albums, how I'd rank songs. Um, but this is just one of their strongest, and it might be their most cohesive. It might be one of their most... Uh, has a similar sound, a similar feel, uh, all the way through. Uh... And while there's a lot of other albums where it kind of has highs and lows, where it kind of uh, is one way for some part and then it changes gears and then it changes gears again, this is really kind of, it, it, it's cohesive all the way through. Uh, it has a tone, it has a style, and it, and it carries that through all the way uh, through the entire album. And that might not work all the time. But for this album, and for the songs that they have on this album, I thought it worked really well. 
So, uh, Black Sabbath, 1970, their first studio album. We went through, listened to all their songs. I talked about them, I commentated during them, uh, and I gave you my thoughts and my reactions. And I gotta say, I've loved uh, reading your comments, hearing from you guys what you thought on each of the songs. Um, and it's really kind of, you've actually really given me a lot of different points and unique things. Uh, similarities and comparisons to songs later in their career that I hadn't even thought about. And I thought... Uh, they were really strong points. And so uh, please continue on with those comparisons, with those comments. Continue on with all that because I'm loving reading them and you're making me think deeper and, and think more about these songs and think more about this band. And that's what I want us to do here on this channel. I want this to not just be me talking into a camera uh, about my thoughts on a band. I want to hear from you guys what your thoughts are, and I want this to be more of a dialogue, more of a conversation, rather than me just talking into a camera. So please continue with all that, because uh, I'm really liking hearing everything about this. So that's my thoughts, and that's my wrapping up of the 1970 album, Black Sabbath. What are your thoughts on the album as a whole? What's your favorite song from the album? What's your favorite riff from the album? Where does this uh, album compare uh, with the rest of their albums that were to come? Uh, how do you hold it? Is it one of your favorites? Is it one of your least favorites? Is it right in the middle? Is it your definitive favorite? I want to know. Leave your thoughts in the comment section below. Once again, I'm Nathaniel Molnar. Thank you so much for watching. Make sure to like, make sure to comment, make sure to subscribe, and keep up with Observing the Sabbath because our next thing that we're going into is we're going to be looking at Paranoid, which also came out the same year as this album. And for a couple of them, we're going to have some special guests. So you want to keep your eyes out for that. Uh, it's going to be a fun one, and I'm looking forward to picking this all up again with War Pigs. So until our next observation, until we come back to listen to more Black Sabbath, thank you for watching.